The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. in New York, and here is your top five at five tech stocks. Finding some love again, the sector has been hot to start the year, but can that last? Chaos in Brazil as its new president vowing to take action against protesters who stormed into that nation's capital. President Biden in Mexico, he's trying to get help for our illegal immigration and fentanyl crises. And it came with a tense moment coming from Mexico's president. The fallout over Southwest Airlines' holiday meltdown continues as one of its biggest investors demands answers and how it plans to avoid another similar mess. And Microsoft reportedly weighing a major investment in artificial intelligence. It is all happening on this Tuesday, January 10th. And this is Worldwide Exchange. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome from wherever in the world that you may be watching. I am Brian Sullivan. Great to be back with you today. Hope you're having a great Tuesday, and I'll be here all week. All right. If you went to bed early and thought you missed a really exciting, really big national championship football game, don't worry. You might have missed a game, but you didn't miss much. The Georgia Bulldogs absolutely destroyed TCU 65-7. to The game was not close after just the opening minutes. Georgia, the first back-to-back national college football champs under the new format. Congrats, Georgia. And as some of my friends down south might say, dog eat frog. 65-7. to NCAA, you got some work to do. All right. Outside of college football, let's get a check on the hour with the see how your money is doing this morning. Futures, they are a little bit lower right now, down a couple of tenths, not much. If anything, NASDAQ actually maybe just a bit higher, which is kind of the trend starting from yesterday, if you want to call that a trend. The Dow ended Monday a little bit lower, but the NASDAQ posting a second straight day of gains. Some beaten up tech stocks, they got bought up. And coming up, we'll call that a bonus RBI. And by the way, the actual RBI is back which has an interesting nugget on the first five trading days of the year and what they may signal for the entire year. We'll tell you about that coming up. In the bond market, the 10-year yield is just about 3.55%, by the way. The three-month and the 10-year bond yields, they remain the most inverted in decades. A lot of people watch that as an economic indicator. Three months, 10 years, just something else for you to watch. Watching oil. Oil prices, they are flat to even slightly higher Natural gas, it remains below 4 bucks. By the way, my predictions for the year are back. And we do, of course, have a view on both oil and natural gas. They might surprise you, actually, and those are coming up. And taking a look at crypto, Bitcoin is holding fast above the 17,000 mark. All right, that is what is happening here stateside. Now let's quickly hit what is going on overseas. Arabili Gumidi is standing by in our London newsroom. Arabili, good morning. Yeah, Brian, let's take a look at how the markets are faring. If you start things off in Asia, pretty much just like the Georgia Bulldogs and what they did to TCU, we actually started the week on a bull run 
in the Asian market front, right? We saw them go quite good, and that was because of China's reopening as well as the issues around inflation, and you saw that perhaps things might be looking up a little bit. Plus, you had a weaker dollar, which did size things up a little bit for the Asian market. Today, unfortunately, though, not moving in the most positive direction. Only the Nikkei going up three quarters of a percent out on that front. So very interestingly, though, is we may see the likes of Paxlovid being manufactured out in China. Key question marks around whether that will actually be happening. But of course, a lot more Asian counterparts looking to head west in order to find some sort of vaccine then, particularly for COVID-19 as cases still ratchet up in that part of the world. Key questions on the European front has been the inflation and recessionary questions, right? We are seeing consumer price data set to come out of the United States. What that will mean for the market will be quite interesting. So we are expecting a little bit of negativity. Yes, it is a bit of a fizzle then uh, coming out of the European market because of what we saw just last week where we saw the market really gain quite a bit in this New Year blitz. But that is beginning to fade a little bit. Inflationary worries, recessionary fears, all of that still sticking its head and we are seeing the market drop off ever so slightly with particularly the SMI in Switzerland going out three tenths uh, rather three quarters of a percent. Brian over to you. All right everybody we'll see you tomorrow Billy. you got to bring a little green on the screen for us tomorrow my man we got a lot of red there this morning we appreciate it though thank you. All right take care. All right, there are also some big updates on both Tesla and the Southwest Airlines travel nightmare over Christmas and New Year's. Let's hit those and more of your key headlines. Savannah now is at HQ with those. Good morning, Savannah. Good Tuesday morning to you, Brian. Well, let's start with this. The federal government's probe into Tesla's autopilot system is moving, quote, really fast. This is according to the acting head of the National Highway Safety Administration, who updated reporters on the probe the agency opened back in August of 2021. Ann Carlson describes the investigation as extensive, saying her agency is investing a lot of resources, but... Carlson refused to give a time frame on how long the investigation would take. Southwest Airlines holiday scheduling meltdown drawing questions from one of the major of the airline's major investors. According to reports, New York State's comptroller, which oversees the state's pension, has written to Southwest asking the carrier to explain how it plans to prevent an operational collapse like the one that stranded thousands of passengers during the Christmas holiday. The letter stressing Southwest's ability to attract customers and retain employees is one of paramount importance. And Microsoft is apparently in talks to invest $10 billion in open AI. That's the creator of the viral chat GPT application. According to reports, the plan, which has been under discussion for months, calls for the tech giant to put the money in over multiple years, though final terms may change. ChatGPT has ballooned in popularity since launching at the end of November, gathering one million users in its first week, Brian. One million users one million. in the first week. Yeah, and I've seen reports that you know, long... students are using it for cheating. I don't know. Well, listen, if they are, they're going to get a rude awakening because everyone's sure going to have the same wrong answers. They... <laughs> exactly. Why do I feel it's you're not going to the reference is more my generation, but <laughs> Max Headroom. I just mm. feel like it might be coming. Savannah Hanau, thank you very much. You got it, Brian. Max. All right. Now, on a more serious note, the developing situation in Brazil, more than 1000 people have been detained in connection with protests on that country's capital, Brasilia. 
The government saying it is expanding its investigation into former supporters of President Jair Bolsonaro, who stormed Brazil's Congress and other buildings over the weekend, including who may have helped finance that attack. The country's newly minted president, Lula da Silva, vowing that the government will not act in an authoritarian way in cracking down on the demonstrators, but that officials will not go lightly either on participants. Now, Lula, who is the former president who also served time in prison for corruption, also authorizing federal intervention into the federal district until the end of this month. Now, in the meantime, former President Jair Bolsonaro has been released from a Florida hospital. Bolsonaro has lived in Florida since leaving Brazil at the end of December. He was admitted over stomach pains related to injuries that he suffered during a near-fatal stabbing while on the campaign trail back in 2018. President Joe Biden, meantime, is facing mounting pressure to remove Bolsonaro from the U.S. in the wake of that attack on the Brazilian capital. All right, speaking of President Biden, he is set to meet with his North American counterparts today in Mexico. A sit down with leaders of that country in Canada, tackling a number of important issues to the countries, including the border crisis, drugs, and even supply chains. NBC's Bree Jackson joining us now from D.C. with more on what we can expect and maybe not expect from that summit. Bree. Good morning, Brian. Well, President Biden is already facing criticism for his first ever trip to the U.S. border, U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, Some opponents say that it was nothing more than a photo op. President Biden meeting with Mexico's president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, for crucial talks on key issues impacting both countries, including tackling the migrant crisis and stopping the flow of illegal drugs coming across the southern border. I wish we could just have one focus, only one focus. We have multiple foci, and so that's what we have to work on. On his first day in office, President Biden sent Congress his administration's plan to provide a legal pathway to citizenship and strengthen border security. But it's gone nowhere amid Republican opposition. Then we would ask them to take another look at that reform legislation and act on it. House Republicans now hold the majority, with Kevin McCarthy taking over the Speaker's gavel, the party passing a package of rules Monday that will govern how they run the House over the next two years. That was the real goal of the rules changes, to open up the process uh, and let members of Congress uh, be able to represent their constituents better. The GOP is also moving forward with its agenda, which includes launching investigations into the Biden administration and undoing Democrats' expansion of the IRS. For the Republicans to hold out to the American people that they are saving something by doing this, all they're doing is crashing the economy. The GOP bill will face roadblocks in the Democratic-controlled Senate. And today, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will join President Biden and President Obrador for talks on key issues, including trade, climate change and, of course, border security. Brian. Yeah, key issues there are. We've got the summit today for the president. What about the rest of the week? Where will he be? What is the agenda? Yeah, well, President Biden will be back here in Washington later this week. Uh, On Friday, he is expected to hold a bilateral meeting with the prime minister of Japan. Uh, And then over the weekend, the president will head to Atlanta, Georgia. That's where he will attend a worship service at the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church there in Georgia. He'll deliver remarks uh, amid a worship service celebrating the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. All right, Bree Jackson in D.C. Bree, thank you and good morning. 
All right, we are just getting started here on Worldwide Exchange. When we come back, a potential positive signal for the trading year ahead. What the first five trading days of the year may mean for your money the entire year. That's coming up. Plus, much more on that Brazil capital attack and what political volatility may mean for investing in the emerging markets. And the latest on the FTX fallout as another top ally of Sam Bankman-Fried chirps to prosecutors. We've got a busy hour still ahead. We're back right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. All right, welcome or welcome back. Good Tuesday morning, by the way. Good to be back with you. All right, the market's officially wrapping up their fifth trading day of the year on Monday. Well, why do we point that out? Today's Tuesday. Well, because... It might matter. Remember the old sort of Wall Street adage that the market will end the year higher if stocks perform well in their first five sessions. Doesn't always happen, but it's kind of one of those old things on Wall Street. Well, if that's true, that's good news because all three indexes gained more than 1% so far in those first five days. Call that maybe random but important. With that in mind, the S&P 500 is in the year positive 83% of the time that it finished the first five trading sessions up with an average gain of 14% on the year, which means, of course, 17% of the time it did not in the year higher. Let's talk more now about it with David Ray, Salem Investment Counselor's President and number six on the 2022 CNBC Financial Advisor 100 list. David, I would listen, that's cool. I love that kind of stuff. It's random but interesting, but my guess is that's not your... That's not your comfort talk to your clients who are nervous about last year. Well, don't worry. If we go up the first five days, you know, if my knee hurts when it rains, markets are going to go up. But it's still, I guess, maybe a little bit historically comforting or no? Sure. You, 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 you search for any of those things that are comforting uh, in the moment. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I'd much rather it be heading up uh, the first five days and heading down. Yeah, I suppose if you wanted to find comfort, you'd say, well, it's better that we did it than we don't. It may not happen. Are you surprised by, and again, we're not making too much over a couple of days, but we ended the year week. Are you a little bit surprised by, by how we've started the year at all? <laughs> I know, I'm chuckling because I've been doing this 40 years, and I, 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 I don't get surprised by a whole lot anymore. So uh, I had no expectations with the first five days would would bring us and and wouldn't be surprised what the next five days bring us either, I don't think. 
Yeah, and the only reason I bring up, and, and, I, and I, I agree with you, Dave, and I've always said the calendar change is nothing more than like just flipping one calendar. And of course, that's an old reference because not like anybody actually right. uses calendars, but I think you get my point. But I yeah. do believe from what we had guests and what I've talked to just people, we had a lot of tax selling at the end of last yes. year, I think. A lot of people. So th- there actually might be a little bit of a calendar impact this year that might to, I'm just trying to come up with a reason why things may flip, not just because we started writing a different date on our checks. Sure. That there's always that. And, and we, uh, most of our clientele are high net worth individuals. So we would have done some tax loss selling at the end of the year. So certainly that can, um, could be a reason why the first few days of, of new years are often, uh, often, do well. So certainly there, there could be sort of the technical reason for that. Yeah. All right. So what's your outlook for the year and what are, if you had to say the one or two key things you would put in your bullish and your bearish camps? Uh, outlook for the year, I think is, is that things will be fine. Um, again, we're, we're very long-term investors. So uh, we've held some stocks for decades at at our firm and uh, no way to know what's going to happen in the next, for us, even in the next six to 12 months. We do know that the the market will probably turn up before the economy bottoms, uh, but whether that is uh, next week or in July, uh, don't really know. Um, But uh, the long-term trends are really good. Um, you know, if you want to garner 10% returns from stocks in the long run, you have to be uh, you have to be willing to take years like last year when when maybe they were down 20%. So um, you know, I, I think earnings are still going to be um, pretty good. We're probably going to uh, have some definite slowing of the economy. I think the macro. Uh, signals that we see are already indicating um, a a slower economy. We may Mm -hmm. have a recession. We may not. Um, But um, you can can look around and and if you have some cash, there are some, I think, good good sectors uh, to look at. Uh, You asked also about headwinds on the flip side. There are things to worry about. You know, we still have an ongoing war in Europe. We have uh, COVID, uh, China reopening. We could have a policy error if the Fed pushes too hard. Um, We may have a slowdown in in earnings. So, as always, um, there are headwinds and tailwinds, and um, we tend to stay invested through those. Well, probably because, to your point, the biggest tailwind of all is simply time. Cash and time are your friend in the market. A hundred years of history has told us that. David Ray, appreciate your view. Kind of a calming influence there. Serenity (laughs) now. David, thank you. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you, Brian. Namaste. All right, you're welcome. Still on deck. Your morning RBI is back, and it's my top five predictions for the year. Some may surprise you. We're talking markets yes of course oil and gas and even something about europe which kind of maybe flips things on its head got a lot more to do coming up we're starting to see futures turn up a little bit at least for tech we're glad you're up and we're back right after this
From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. All right, welcome and welcome back, everybody. Why don't we step out of the markets for a bit and get a check on some of this morning's other key headlines, including President Biden under some heat for some classified documents being out being found outside of a secure area. Philip Men is in New York now with that and more. Good morning, Philip. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Yes, several classified documents were discovered in one of President Biden's former offices from his time as vice president under Barack Obama. The discovery, just coming to light now, was made on November 2nd, less than a week before the midterm elections. The documents were found locked in a closet by Mr. Biden's attorneys as they were clearing out office space at the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. The White House Counsel's Office then notified the National Archives, who took possession of the materials the following morning. A source familiar with the matter tells NBC News that Mr. Biden only became aware that the classified documents were there when he was informed by his lawyers who found them. The White House is cooperating with the Justice Department and the National Archives. Deadly cyclones continue to batter California. President Biden declared a state of emergency due to the damage from the storms. The relentless rain has caused flooding, mudslides and rock slides across the state. After a pair of nail-biting semifinals, the college football championship game was anything but. Georgia stomped through TCU's defense for nearly 600 yards of offense. Stetson Bennett threw for four touchdowns and ran for two more. No storybook comeback for the Horn Frogs, but how about those dogs? Georgia steamrolls TCU to win the national title 65-7. The Bulldogs become the first team since Alabama in 2011 and 2012 to repeat as champions. It's the most lopsided title game in college football history. Brian, I turned on this game somewhere around the third quarter. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a game. They were already down by five or six touchdowns. My goodness. It was terrible. I mean, I literally, I tweeted out it was 10-7 at one point. I said, okay, I'm going to tuck in maybe with a, an adult beverage and some dinner. Next thing I knew was 38-7. to I was in Los Angeles over the weekend, and, of course, the game is played in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So there were college football fans everywhere. It was like 100 Georgia fans to one TCU. And this TCU fan walked in my hotel as these Georgia fans were walking out. And the one Georgia fan, this is before the game, goes, dog eat frog. <laughs> that, it was, it's funny, and it wasn't wrong. Yeah, it's about exactly what happened yesterday. My goodness. By the way, don't eat horned frogs. I think they might actually be poisonous. It, it's, it's either way. I've heard All that. Right, uh, I've Mena, heard that. In his, wearing his, his TCU colors this morning. <laughs> Philip, thank you very much. You got it, Brian. <laughs> All right, on deck here on Worldwide Exchange. Apple may be ready to make some big changes on some of its most popular gadgets, but it has nothing to do with software or design. We'll explain next. Gearing up for the Fed chairman, Jay Powell, set to speak overseas. It could move markets as stocks look to keep going. A good start to the year. Brazil cracking down after violent protests on that country's capital, prompting new questions and concerns about investing in the emerging market. And President Biden in Mexico. We're going to lay out what's on the agenda 
and what led to a bit of a tense moment with Mexico's president. It is Tuesday, January 10th, and you're watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. All right, welcome, welcome back, everybody. I am Brian Sullivan. Good to be back with you. I will be here all week. Thanks for getting up early with us here on Worldwide Exchange. And by the way, it is just before 5.30 a.m. here on the East Coast. Here's how stock futures are shaping up as we're looking to keep going. What has been a pretty good start to the year, the market's up about 1% in their first five trading days, which, as we just told you, or if you might have missed a few minutes ago, historically does mean good things for the year. Doesn't mean it will, but historically, 83% of the time, first five days are up, the year ends up. Of course, we've got to wait like you know, 354 days to find out if that's actually true. Dow futures down about 63. NASDAQ futures, though, they are now in the green. NASDAQ has been the hotter of the indexes this year. All right, there's your markets. We'll get more on that in a moment. Let's get a check on some of this morning's other top headlines that are happening in the world of business. Savannah Hanau, what's happening in the world of business? I'm going to let you know, Brian. All right, let's start with this. House Republicans hit the ground running following the week-long fight to elect Kevin McCarthy as speaker. They passed a measure yesterday to repeal most of a funding boost for the IRS that President Biden signed into law last year. This was one of the key campaign promises by the House GOP. The bill is not expected to see a vote in the Democratic-controlled Senate. Shares of Broadcom are taking a hit following a Bloomberg report that Apple is working on its own modem chips for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. That would make Broadcom's chips unnecessary for the iPhone and Apple's other mobile devices. Bloomberg says Apple plans to release its first chip at the end of 2024 or in early 2025. Apple accounts for about 20 percent of Broadcom's revenue. Another former top lieutenant at FTX may be looking to strike a deal with federal prosecutors. Bloomberg reports Nishad Singh, the company's former head of engineering, is set to be engaging with the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York in hopes of getting a plea agreement. Singh was a housemate of FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried in the Bahamas, former Chief Technology Officer Gary Wang, and Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison have already pleaded guilty to fraud charges, Brian. It didn't take them for long, long for them to flip. We'll see it what happens with, with others as well. SB, we'll see. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried was on an island, and he may literally and figuratively be on an island right now. Exactly. Savannah and Al, thank you very much. <laughs> you got it, Brian. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. Meantime, President Biden said to meet with the leaders of both Canada and Mexico in Mexico later on today. The three expected to tackle a number of key economic issues with some tensions, though, lingering in the background ahead of that sit-down Kayla Tausche joining us now with more on the key areas the three presidents plan to focus on. Kayla. Well, Brian, today's trilateral meeting will touch on a range of issues from migration to fentanyl to climate change and unveil some policy deliverables in a joint press conference later today. With Mexico's President López Obrador reportedly seeking guarantees on solar and chip investments, NSC spokesman John Kirby told me semiconductors will, in fact, be a big focus. We want to make sure, particularly in, 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 uh, in the world of, uh, of high-tech and semiconductors and making sure uh, that there is enough, of, enough resilience in the supply chain um, so that uh, the that, that three countries can, uh, can sustain perturbations uh, in, in those supply chains. Uh, and we've, we've saw uh, how it became affected uh, over the course of the COVID pandemic. 
But behind those announcements is quite a bit of acrimony. President Biden and Mexico's AMLO, as he's known, expected to tackle a long-running energy dispute with the U.S. and Canada, alleging Mexico is favoring national utilities, shutting out foreign investors, and breaching the USMCA trade agreement. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has suggested the parties have identified a path forward but if not, there could be up to $30 billion in tariffs on Mexico. And that's just one of the trade issues at play. The U.S. has also alleged Canada's market barriers for dairy companies are too high and raised concerns about Mexico's banning imports on genetically modified corn. And the two allies say the U.S. is being too strict on sourcing of auto parts. The Chamber of Commerce, for its part, is calling on all of the governments to work toward a quick resolution of the dispute settlement proceedings in a manner that allows for dispute resolution procedures, those onerous penalties, to be avo avoided. But the top U.S. trade official is not in Mexico City this week, and the three countries' finance officials will meet today in Washington. But the administration has told me, don't expect any breakthroughs. Brian? You're hitting on all the, all the key economic issues as well. Obviously, human issues at play here, too. Bree Jackson reporting at the beginning of the show uh, Kayla, that there's been some criticism of the Biden administration for what would appear to be kind of a photo op at the border. They cleaned up El Paso where he was instead of leaving it sort of the way that it was. Is the border and the, and the terrible fentanyl crisis, which has killed more than 100,000 people per year the last few years in the United States, much of that coming illegally across the border, are these going to be key topics? And is there expected to be any tension with the president of Mexico over this? Well, they are the key topics, Brian, and there has already been some te tension, despite some of the affection that the two leaders showed in the photo op from their bilateral meeting last night. Uh, the statements that each side released were fairly brusque and fairly terse in terms of what they actually discussed. And while the U.S. has pursued some symbolic actions on each of those issues that you mentioned, having President Biden visit the border, having the administration announce this plan to have 30,000 uh, migrants accepted from Venezuela and three other countries, uh, and also uh, uh, capturing the son of El Chapo, you know, behind that, there needs to be some real enforcement, some real policy. The NSC has said it's going to take a matter of months to figure out exactly whether these programs are working and how effective they are. So certainly there are not going to be any answers coming out today. Brian. All right, Kayla Tausche in D.C. Kayla, thank you very much. Meantime, moving even further south, the mob of supporters of Brazil's former president Jair Bolsonaro that stormed government buildings this weekend may turn out to be a reality check for Latin America's largest economy. The political divide is growing in Brazil and could be a challenge for the newly sworn in and now former president Lula da Silva. The short-term impact on markets appears to be contained. The Brazilian Bovespa, basically their Dow, closing higher after dipping at the open yesterday. Brazilian real, their currency, clawed back most of its losses against the dollar. That currency, by the way, was one of the top performers among emerging markets last year. Far from ignoring Lula's ability to control the near-term risks, analysts say, focus remains on the path of his new economic policy. Let's talk more about all this with Catherine Rooney Vera. She's chief market strategist and head of research at Bulltick Capital Markets and an expert in all things Latin America. A lot of comparisons are obviously being made to what happened in Brasilia, to what happened here two years ago on January 6th. Catherine, what is your take? Yeah, there's some similarities, but there are some significant differences. A lot of the buildings that were attacked, remember that 
Um, uh, Bolsonaro was not even in the country and, and, and Lula has already de facto won. Um, but a lot of the buildings that were attacked, um, were empty. Um, they were not, there was no impact on government functioning. Um, the riots were roundly condemned, um, uh, by both sides, uh, and internationally. Um, and, and it was, as you said, very contained. So it doesn't seem, Brian, yet, at least yet, <clears throat> to have spread to other parts of the country. Okay. And, and that's really good perspective because to your point, the election was months ago, kind of like ours, but, but Lula is basically already in and no justifying ever any kind of violent pro people are allowed to protest but not certainly violently in attacking government buildings even if they are empty but lula da silva what's his what's his I, he won the presidency but i've got to imagine given his previous administration he was he's a convicted felon he was put in prison for governmental corruption i would imagine there is some frustration and anger with him returning as president Absolutely. And, and this is a culmination of months of protests, Brian. As you said, these are people that have been uh, protesting outside government uh, offices for months. Um, so there's questions of credibility, not of just the elections, but of the broader institutions. There's an immense amount, Brian, of distrust, and that is very unhealthy. Another differentiating factor between the U.S. and Brazil in, in, a, in democracy that's only 40 years young. This is a relatively young democracy. And Lula, as you said, in October, run by, ran, uh, won by a razor thin margin. So there are a lot of there's immense amount of distrust by the populace, not only with the election outcome, but with the institutions in, them, in themselves. You know, and Brazil uh, is, is a, the biggest country in Latin America. It's become an incredibly important trading partner with China. It's heavily natural resourced mm -hmm. and commodities based. But you've probably heard, and I, and I mean this, I don't mean this insultingly to anybody, the, the sort of the Wall Street sort of line on Brazil, which is Brazil's the country of the future, always has been, always will be. Oh. And if you look at the EWZ, which is the ETF that mirrors the market, if we guys bring up a five or 10 year chart, this was $89 14 years ago. It's now 28 and change. Is Brazil investable? Oh, sure. It's certainly investable. And in fact, I would say if this is uh, if this remains contained and doesn't produce any form of you know something similar to a trucker's strike, and it doesn't hit Sao Paulo, which is a third of the economy. Certainly, I think the wealth of resources uh, that Brazil has in soy and wheat and in oil um, and being the main trade partner or China being its main trade partner, given that China is reopening now and the, and the demand that's going to surge from there. I think Brazil is, is, is nicely poised, in fact. So, yes, there are concerns about the credibility of the Supreme Court. Remember, of the 11 justices, uh, former President Lula da Silva, who did serve time in jail, Put the vast majority of them. There are serious concerns here, but I think the yield is so attractive that a lot of emerging market investors, and in fact, international ones, will give Brazil a good look. Yeah, you know, I, I've been talking a lot about Europe for a couple of years. I, I probably should talk more about Brazil. They've been huge buyers of LNG, but they got a lot of hydropower as well. Right. Really interesting place. Catherine Rooney Vera, Bolte Capital Markets. Catherine, appreciate you getting up early. Have a great day. Valuable insight. Take care. All right, coming up, your morning RBI is back. And it's, it's my top five predictions for the markets and other stuff this year. I'm going to try to go either full Nostradamus on the key themes driving your money 
or look more like TCU and, and go 0 and 5? We're going to find out. Worldwide Exchange with those productions back in a moment. Welcome back. If I'm back, that means so is your morning RBI. And today's RBI is going to run you through my top five predictions for the year. Now, you may know that for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, I've been putting out my top five guesses for the year. And they are just that. They're guesses. But they're based on what I think could happen, markets, economies, more, whatever's on my mind. And though I do take them seriously when I come up with them, always remember, this is not investment advice of any kind. Take that seriously. It's for fun. And maybe so you can tell me how wrong I was at the end of the year, but maybe they also help you have a different look at certain things, markets, whatever. Anyway, let's go. My top five predictions for 2023. Number one, the S&P 500 ends the year with a small gain. Now, this is kind of boring because it's in line with what most strategists think as well. I like to kind of be on my own thing, but even though these strategists were really wrong last year, This outcome does seem the most likely. Markets rarely go down two years in a row. But one gigantic caveat. History says that if S&P 500 does fall this year, it will likely be more than it fell last year because second-year declines, while rare, tend to be worse when they happen. Prediction two, I think oil will pop, but nat gas will drop. I think oil is likely to hit 100 bucks or more this year as Russian crude oil flows start to dry up. Remember that even in recessionary periods, of which we are likely entering one, global oil demand tends to be stronger than you would think. But on natural gas, I think prices actually stay here or even move lower. There's simply no new U.S. export capacity coming online until either the middle of next year or even 2025. We're going to produce more gas and maybe have nowhere to put it. Number three. I think European stocks beat the U.S. I know this sounds weird. No, I have not been drinking, given all of Europe's energy problems. But maybe that's exactly the reason this could happen. Markets, they often act irrationally. And Europe's central bankers, by the way, they may need to pivot faster than ours, stimulate their economy. They've got a world of hurt with energy coming up still in the next 12 to 24 months. We'll see what happens with the war. But I just think Europe with everything going against it, may outperform us. By the way, Jenny Harrington agrees. Maybe we should get her on the show. All right. Number four, big changes in tech. I think TikTok does get banned by Congress over safety or even Chinese espionage concerns. And I think that Snapchat could end up pulling a Twitter and going private. Maybe it's not what influencers want to hear. I'm sorry, but I think it's going to happen. And finally, electric car sales begin to stall. Yes, this does flip-flop on one of my predictions from last year where I thought EV sales would boom and hit 10% of the market, but they did not. And I just think a bad combination of rising car prices, higher borrowing costs, and a coming consumer recession and or slowdown will hit EV sales. I do think EV sales will grow, but it is the pace of growth that I think will start to stall out. I mean, how many people could afford seventy-five, dollars $80,000 cars? And a lot of those tax credits are going away for cars that are basically not made entirely in the United States. All right, there you go. My top five predictions for the year. 
What do you think? By the way, I went two and two and yet to be determined on last year's outlook. I did go five and zero oh in 2021. So in about 354 days, we can see how these turn out. By the way, the written article with some bonus thoughts is up on CNBC Pro. So check it out today. And if you have not, sign up for CNBC Pro. All right, on deck, Jeff Kilberg is here with why you may want to forget the dogs of the Dow and instead look to the nasty of the NASDAQ. The signals he says suggest the markets could be poised to pop. By the way, if you haven't already, be sure to follow our podcast Update it every day. We're back right after this. Right, welcome back. Time now for your WEX wrap-up. Six stories you might have missed as we close in on the 6 a.m. hour. Here we go. Southwest Airlines holiday meltdown drawing the attention of one major investor, the New York public pension system. The state's comptroller asking the airline how it will prevent another widespread operations failure and rebuild trust. The Federal Trade Commission reportedly probing Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Politico says the preliminary investigation is focused on whether they violated a 1930s-era law favoring large over small retailers by offering them lower prices. Shares of Virgin Orbit falling after the company confirmed that its first launch outside of the U.K. failed to reach orbit, marking its second launch failure. Story number four, CBS reportedly talks to buy primary care center operator Oak Street Health That deal would value Oak Street Health at more than $10 billion. Oak Street stock, by the way, up 32% on that report. New Jersey and Ohio becoming the latest states to ban the use of TikTok on government-owned and managed devices all over national security issues. And finally, if you missed it, well, you didn't miss much. The University of Georgia demolishing the TCU Horned Frogs in the National Football Championship game, Georgia, becoming the first Back-to-back national champ under the new system, 65-7 to was the score. Really? All right, let's get out of that and talk about the trading day ahead with somebody, by the way, who played college football. That is our good friend Jeff Kilberg. Jeff, I'd, I'd like to talk about that game, by the way, with you the whole time because I think that was just an absolute national embarrassment, but bad for the NCAA as well. But let's talk about the stock market, shall we? What is the nasty of the NASDAQ? Well, Sully, remember the theme dogs of the Dow? That was after a really tough year of some of the stocks in the Dow 30. You would find the dogs of the Dow and invest in those and see if they could get off the mat and have a bounce. Well, look at the nasty of the NASDAQ. Lucid, Tesla, AMD, and NVIDIA. All yesterday, we did see a move higher. This goes a little bit against your five for five predictions for 2023, but short term, it looks like there's a little bit of life in these oversold, overextended names. Lucid, small market cap, no doubt about it, trading just under $7. But you also talk about Tesla. It's in the news every day. I've established a position in Tesla recently, and there is a lot of volatility. So be careful. But the nasty of the NASDAQ short term has the ability, as all four of these stocks we just talked about, Sully, they were in the 15th percentile, the worst 15th percentile of the NASDAQ 100 last year. You know, I, I don't know if it goes against it, Jeff. I, I, one of the things I thought about writing up was that, you know, we, this is when you get all the best of, the top picks list from all the Wall Street broker dealers and research firms and whatever. And I've, I compiled a massive fact set spreadsheet of it. Some of these names are on, on the top picks list. I don't know if that makes me happy or nervous if I was an investor. But my point is when they're on the top picks list, particularly Tesla, they're going to be pushed by the sales traders, right? I mean, they could get a little nudge from Wall Street. 
Absolutely. And I think you have to put your trading cap on here versus your long-term investment cap here. So when you talk about these type okay. of names, these are high beta, high volatile names. And if you look at NVIDIA, NVIDIA, hard to believe, Sully, is actually a larger market cap than Tesla. So this is a short-term type of opportunity where I'm seeing oversold in all four of these names. But when you think of the bigger picture, we're so susceptible right now. Fed Chairman Powell, he's going to be at some symposium over in Sweden today. So we're going to be focused and locked in there. And what happened yesterday? We saw a technical move higher in the S&P 500. You saw a little spring in the step of the bulls. We got above that 50-day moving average. And sure enough, you saw the wet blanket of the Fed presidents come out and talk about how and being higher for longer. So what I think is fascinating today and yeah. why I see this market being coiled and still have the potential to move higher is that if you look at the last three, four weeks of the trading session, it's become very coiled. And just like when you see energy or going to an engine, all that torque goes in the engine. It has to be released. And what's fascinating is look at the inputs on my short-term bullish thesis. We're seeing copper above $4. We're seeing the VIX under 25, and we're seeing a lower US dollar. So I know we're focused on the Fed, but everything is setting up for us to go test that 200-day moving average up just under 4,000. It's gonna catch a couple of the bears off step here as we go into earnings season. All right, so let's say we hit these levels, then do we just fall back down? What happens if they turn out to be resistance or what happens if we bust through, stay there, test it, and then move higher? Well, that's my cautious optimism this year in 2023, Sully. I don't think we retest the lows in October. Look at the 10-year note. You know I spend a lot of time trading U.S. futures. And when you see that 10-year note still hunkered down at 3.5% from where it was, think about the velocity in that move. We're seeing it settle in. We're seeing the digestion. Therefore, I think we do have higher lows in the S&P 500 as we move forward in January. And if January ends up being a good year, post-midterm election, we are set up to have a higher year unexpectedly. I know expectations for more of a recession. I'm in the soft landing camp, so I know I'm looking at things much more optimistically than most, but I think it's due to the fact that we have such pessimism in the marketplace right now. Sentiment has soured so much. So if we see a little bit of an uptick in the wake of this earnings season with all the other factors I just talked about, that does bode well for the bull, Sully. It certainly does. And by the way, looking at my screens here, NVIDIA is on four different top picks lists. you got a couple others with four. Only Amazon is on more with six. So there is some, maybe some short-term boost to NVIDIA as these sales traders are told to go out and sell what the analysts are recommending. Jeff Kilberg, always love your views, my man. Watching those levels. You have a great day, friend. We'll see you soon. You too, pal. Thanks, Sully. All right, take care. All right, amazing how quickly it goes, right? But I'll be back here same time tomorrow. That does it for us here on Worldwide Exchange. Have a spectacular Tuesday. Squawk Box is next. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. 
See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.